Good morning, Toronto. Andy McNamara with you here until 1 o'clock on Toronto Today. TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, the iHeartRadio app. Got a fun show for you today, folks. And let me tell you, the Twitter poll question we put out, red hot. Leafs Nation, active. Active and angry. We'll get to our poll question in a few minutes. Going to talk today with Adam Rank, NFL Network fantasy football expert. This guy is one of the best in the business. Adam Rank coming up at 1220. Can't wait to chat with him. And as we approach this week three, this pivotal week three in the NFL preseason, this is when all the starters are going to play at least a half, probably into the third quarter. You get the starters to, to get the feel coming out of the halftime break. Injuries are going to happen, unfortunately. Injuries are going to happen at this preseason game. After this point, this is when you want to look to do your fantasy football drafts. So we'll get, I'm going to get some strategy for you here for Adam Rank. You can tweet me at AndyMC81 questions for Adam Rank. And we'll, we'll get ready. We'll do some the running back position with Adrian Peterson signing in Washington. Darius Geis going down. Barkley with that tweak hammy. Getting to some running back rankings. So we'll, we'll touch all those bases with Adam Rank again. If you've got any questions, at AndyMC81 for your fantasy football draft, players, rankings, whatever the case might be. We're also going to get into the Maple Leafs and the NHL heading into the regular season. It's still a ways away, but training camp, what, three weeks away now? Coming up quick. Scott Cullen from TSN.ca will join me. We'll go over some Maple Leafs and player rankings, uh, all about that. We'll talk some Raptors, too. And also get into some NFL talk with... um, Here's some sound earlier in the day from the morning show with Brian Baldinger. And Brian Baldinger, former offensive NFL lineman, this guy is a wealth of knowledge. His tape breakdowns of games on on his Twitter... NFL Network, Sporting News, all that. Uh, Baldinger's breakdown is phenomenal of the quarterback position. Really, uh, both sides of the ball. But his breakdown, and I'll play some clips a little bit later on, of the rookie quarterback, the evaluation that he goes through. Because preseason doesn't tell it all. When you look at Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, Josh Rosen, and Josh Allen, you have to take any successes... With a grain of salt because you're not seeing the true defenses. Now, if they don't have success, that's more of a red flag because, again, you're not seeing true defenses. So we'll go through each of the rookie quarterbacks. Uh, sound from uh, Brian Baldinger as he was on the morning show a little bit later on. So you can get us on Twitter, at TSN1050Radio, at AndyMC81. Got producer Joe Nars in the house, Steve Eliopoulos behind on the board. Uh, Joe, I don't know if you've uh, you've seen Twitter. I, I logged into our our computer on here, and it's like you have seventy five notifications. Like, what we just we just posted the poll question. Uh, there is a, a a a mixed reaction of either player debate or stop with the Leaf question. Either way, Leaf Nation is blowing up. Here's the question: You can vote at. We posted this what five minutes ago. It's already at five hundred votes. If you were the Leafs GM. And had to part ways with a key piece to improve the decor, who would you trade away? This takes into the conversation a top guy. Okay? You have to take into it. It's so tough to just do fantasy trades because of all salary cap implications and things like that. But let's take the broad view of a top pairing defenseman. Which 
for years has been a weakness of the Leafs, and we know in a perfect world that's where you'd like to add. However, we know to get something, you got to give something. We had one tweet, and guys like, give up uh, 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 Sparks and Levo for top-tier defensemen. Come on. Come on, people. We're smarter than that. You got to give up something good as a piece of the puzzle. I'm not talking one for one, but that, traffic, whatever. Key piece to give away because you're deep on forward to get a top-tier defenseman. So who would you trade away? Nazem Kadri, William Nylander, Jake Gardner. And you might think, well, if you're, you want to add to the D, why would you take away Gardner? I think if you ask mostly fans, they would not consider Jake Gardner a top-pairing defenseman. Still has his, his perks, of course. Still has his value. But if you need to send a defenseman back to the team to get whoever, then maybe Gardner is an option. Or Mitch Marner. Kadri, Nylander, Gardner, or Marner. And we'll, we'll sift through some of these replies. But Joe, uh, Leaf Nation, feisty. Feisty on a Wednesday. Yeah, I, we posted the poll and not even... Like two minutes later, we had 200 votes. Yeah, it's over 500 now. And what makes me laugh is, just stop talking about it. Vote. It's great. Stop talking, and then they'll oh, say, "Oh, you guys at TSN, you always want to trade somebody. Vote." <laughs> We're just asking you. And then the guy who stops is like, "Stop talking, Leafs, but why would you put Nylander? It's like then you're talking about it. You want to talk you about want, it? Accept you need it. it. You need it, Toronto. And I'm here to give it to you. You need Leafs talk. You want Leafs talk. It's August 22nd, but you need it. So you have it. At TSN 1050 Radio, that's the poll. Kadri, Nylander, Gardner, or Marner? And we are chatting, Joe, about who to include on this poll. And the Nylander, Nylander is typically the most popular, okay, if you're deep at forward. Gardner is, he's pretty polarizing, and it's maybe not even that polarizing anymore. 68% so far say, get Gardner out in a deal. Nylander is second, Kadri third, and just 2% for Mitch Marner. Uh, the, the question, though, Joe, is, and it has to be taken into account, this is part of a package. You're, we're not saying you trade Gardner and get a top defenseman back. That, that won't happen. But part of a package for any of these players. Yeah, I, mean, I would say if... You're trading the 2% that would assume Mitch Marner, that that's the person that they're looking at yeah. that could get you that you know great piece on the decor. That's not a package. A player like that has the ability of being a one-for-one or maybe a second-rounder, third-rounder. Right, the, the added-on pieces, sure. whatever. But yeah. to your point, when you look at Kadri, Nylander, and Gardner, Kadri right now, because he's on the Maple Leafs, is, a, is defined as a third-line center. Yeah. He's great not. Great depth. Absolutely. Then you look at William Nylander, top six forward, never scored more than 25 goals in the NHL. Yeah. And then you look at Jake Gardner, and he is, he's actually not even as much of a Corsi or like possession darling as he was like two or three years ago. He puts up very, he puts up great points. Last year, I think, was his highest point total in his career. Decent plus minus. Wasn't it? Wasn't he close stat-wise or possession-wise to Ryan Ellis with Nashville when we looked at that the other week? Yeah, he was. Wasn't that? Um... He was three about three points in possession off. So uh, no, it was Subban though we were looking at. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but to the, Ryan Ellis, yeah, he was very similar. I think close. the difference was like a fifty-two percent Corsi for Ryan Ellis and a fifty-one and something for Jake Gardner. I mean, he you see in his game he drives possession. Mm-hmm. The problem is, and everybody's always said it's the glaring weaknesses based on his IQ. He makes mistakes as a defenseman that are glaring, and that's why if you're gonna 
if you're going to pair him, you need a stay-at-home guy behind him. Right, but in most cases with Jake Gardner, usually the players he is paired with have similar traits to him. If you look at playing with Zaitsev, if you look at playing with Carrick, he doesn't really gel well with Ron Hainsey. He's always had, even Andreas Borgman likes to push the pace, who's, I think, a low-key, very good off, could be a very good offensive player in the NHL as a defenseman. All those three guys are not enough to get you what the Maple Leafs are looking for. Right. And we have one from uh, a tweet from at Beliefing with JB, very long Twitter handle, says, I'm not trading Nylander, Marner, or Janssen, to name a few. They're too valuable. We have other assets we could trade. But like I said, it all depends on who's coming back. It would have to be a really good player for us to realistically consider it, which is the whole point. That's what we're considering here because it would be for a top decor, as we put in the question. Here's the problem. And as I remember, as a, as a teenager, you know, young adult growing up, you want to say, like, all right, trade Domi and give me uh, Shanahan. Right? You, you, want, you want everything. You want to give up nothing. The names that were excluded there prevent you from getting that top-end defenseman. If you don't include, that's what we have to realize, people. If you don't include a top name, you won't get a top guy back. But it's for a different position group. So if you're the Leafs, you have to evaluate and think, all right, well, let's look at Mitch Marner. Terrific setup man, scored over 20 goals, had the early slump. I think his value is higher because of his setup ability, which is typically harder to find than a 25 to 30 goal score. Not saying they grow on trees, but that if you have an elite playmaker that can also score you 20, I put a higher value on that than a a pure scoring winger. And give Nylander credit, he had 41 helpers last year. But that that's why you have to give up. You'd be giving up if it was Marner or Nylander, one of your top three point getters last year. But if you want a top defenseman, Joe, that's what you're going to have to get. Why you think a team's just going to say, "Yeah, give me uh, Freddie the Goat and Levo"? Well, Freddie the Goat, I that guy, he's a stud. Freddie the Goat in the third for Sid, <laughs> straight up. That you know what? I bet you that makes its way into our Twitter feed so, at TSN 1050. By the way, one of my favorite tweets in here <laughs> before I, I get to uh, my Mitch Marner point okay. is from uh, at uh, where is it now uh, at. We're at like 100 Kyle, notifications. I know, this I know. Great. I just found this. So it was, oh, here it is. At Kyle Hitch 86. Okay. He tweets, at Kyle Dubis is on his way to Newark. I just <laughs> spotted him on a plane. Yes. Great guy, sharp dresser. <laughs> wow. I don't know what that has to do with trading anybody. I like the inside scoop, man. Oh, I see that there. Kyle Hitch. Can we say follow him? Let's see what he's up to. What's he doing? We should. We'll ask him. We'll say, ask him what he's up to. Hey, off to Newark. Does that mean... Is he meeting with, with Lou? No, Lou's not in Newark anymore. He, he's on the island. What, what, you have to get there. Oh, that's true. Right? That's true. Maybe. You could, you could maybe a little roundabout way, right? Just to right? sit Drive. down at the table across from him, just wearing a John Tavares Leaf jersey. Just like, sup. Hey. Like, oh, oh, sorry. I totally forgot I was wearing this. How's, I, how's Leo Komarov doing for you? I just picture like Lou Lamorello driving over the bridge to meet Kyle Dubas with the Soprano theme music. Yes. Coming over and him just stone faced. Yes. And just brooding. Well that was the that was very <laughs> that was the music uh, our T S N 1050 GM Lou came on with for Lou's offers. So yeah. <laughs> he yes. uh, he was a big fan of that music. <laughs> that is that is great. Hey, hey uh, uh, at Kyle Hitch eighty six, keep an eye on him. Let's see. Where's he going? And to your point, like <laughs> see, when you were talking about Marner, if you were to take John Tavares out of the equation when with the Maple Leafs roster. Yep. 
you looked at Matthews and Marner in the same vein as I feel like everyone looked at t- like Taves and Kane. You had two yeah. very talented players and with two different types of engines. One was more of the power, and the other one was more of the speed and the skill. Mm-hmm. With a player like Mitch Marner, I believe he's completely untouchable. The issue that I'm starting to look at is guys like William Nylander, Kasperi Kapanen, Andreas Janssen, and not to like go into an you know an older Leaf roster, but like guys like Phil Kessel. Yeah, your scoring wingers that have the ability of changing the game with one shot are a lot more. They're a lot more attainable. You can get those. You can draft those guys, or even every sign year. one. Like, or sign one. Let's look at yeah. uh, you had this year. Uh, James Neal was a free agent again. Mm-hmm. James Neal would do the exact same thing. Uh, William Nylander would do on the Maple Leafs. Pop them in. But the difference is the age, and the, you know I understand all those variables. But let's just look at it as a scoring perspective. He's about. He's a thirty goal scorer. Right, and here's the thing too, Joe. That, that gets me. It was like Phil Kessel. It's like he's a forty goal scorer. Phil Kessel was the best forty goal scorer to never score forty goals. He with scored thirty nine. Doesn't matter. It's not that's forty true. with the Maple Leafs. It's a, round up. No, that's what, so. People are saying with William Nylander was he could be a forty goal scorer. Yeah, but he hasn't done it, so he might, or he might not. And to your point, you can get guys to come in and be scoring wingers. The whole point is, in a perfect world, would we get rid of? Any of the guys listed, maybe Gardner. No, you wouldn't. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't. To me, I love what Mitch Marner brings, but the depth at center with Nazem Kadri, I put at at least an equal, maybe a greater value because now you got three studs right down the middle. How do you build championships? Right down the middle. And then the back end. And the Leafs have that. So for me, it comes down to, all right, who's going to get you the bigger return as the big-name player? Nylander. Or Gardner, if we take out a, a, a Kadri and, and Marner, because I, I want to see what Marner and Tavares can do together if they're paired up. And I, you look at the shiftiness and the, the ability of Mitch Marner, and I would say there's probably three players that remind me of him in the NHL be Johnny Goudreau, Matt Barzal, and Patrick Kane. Mm-hmm. Each three, all three of them are able to do what they want on the ice, drive play, control the puck without physically dominating. Yeah. They know how to skate, they know how to get to the right points, and they know how to take over a game with their skill. That is a very hard trait to find. You look over the years, that's why guys like Pavel Datsuk kind of shocked everybody, because you watch somebody dominate play with his skill. And that's always been hard to do in the NHL because the physicality. Yeah. Uh, let's get to another tweet here. At the real underscore CAG says, Depends on who they trade for. If it's a younger player with a higher ceiling, then that helps. They have four left-shot D-men, so assuming they traded for a right D-man of the same skill as Gardner, they aren't necessarily better, but definitely more balanced. And you got to take that into account. That's why with our P.K. Subban question that was getting traction, I think, a week after, <laughs> a week after we posted it, right shot. Right? But that's... What we have to look in a perfect world, you don't give up anybody. So people tweeting in, you don't want to give up any of them. Fine. Then guess what? You're not getting a top pairing defenseman. And I'm starting to be of the belief with the way the Leafs are built that maybe you don't need one. That's a different conversation. Maybe you go Pittsburgh from a couple years ago and you just go offense heavy, get stud goaltending. Where I think if you pair up Freddie Anderson and Garrett Sparks, you got a one-two punch that can rival anybody. You go that route, and you're good enough on defense, maybe that's enough, and then maybe you don't have to go out 
and get a top-line D-man. Crystal Tang was injured for that Penguins run. They don't they they worked it out. You're you're never going to have the perfect team. We're going to keep this this conversation going throughout the show. You guys are hot today on Twitter. Love it. At TSN 1050 Radio, at AndyMC81 on Twitter. We're going to step aside and after the break, talk with TSN fantasy hockey writer Scott Cullen right here on TSN 1050. Welcome back to Toronto Today here on TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca. I'm Andy McNamara with you until 1 o'clock. Still to come on the show, fantasy football talk. Adam Rank from the NFL Network. That's coming up at 12 20. We'll get back to our red hot, our controversial, it turns out, Twitter poll at TSN 1050 Radio at AndyMC81 on if you were the Leafs GM and had to part ways with a key piece to improve the decor. People, remember this. This is to get a number one defenseman, a top pairing guy. You have to. You can't be giving up Josh Levo like one tweet. You got to give to get. Who would you trade away? Kadri, Nylander, Gardner, or Marner? Heck, Tweet in your own, at AndyMC81, at TSN 1050 Radio. Let's talk some NHL power rankings heading in to the season, which will be here before we know it. Scott Cullen from TSN.ca. Scotty, how are you? Awesome. How are you doing, Andy? Oh, Scotty, Leaf Nation, they're feisty this morning, my friend. <laughs> they, oh. they, they don't want to hear about trading away their top forwards, Andy. That, that, is not, uh, <laughs> that, that is not going to go over well with Leaf Nation. This is what I love. It's, we need a number one defenseman. Uh, what are you going to give up? Freddie Goche. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, it doesn't it, work. No, it doesn't. And uh, I'm I'm wondering honestly if there's if the model is changing somewhat for NHL teams in terms of like look if you already have Drew Doughty, terrific. You're you're obviously going to cling to him, uh, you know, white knuckle all the way and sure. make sure you you hang on to him. But I think there are so many teams that don't have you know that superstar number one guy that you um, you know that you really think you're going to build around. So. You know, if you see what happened with Vegas, if you see, look, Washington's defense is okay. Um, you know, but there's no one on that defense that you say, oh, that is the guy that we, um, you know, are going to be getting Norris trophies out of. Like, John Carlson's a good defenseman, but he doesn't play their tough matchups. Right. Um, you know, that goes to Niskanen and Orloff. And so, kind of, those three guys are good defensemen, but none of them are, are guys that you're expecting to be in the Norris trophy discussion. So, between that and, and um, you know what we saw from Vegas, which was obviously kind of a patchwork uh, bunch of guys who were cobbled around from around the league, that I think there are teams that are you know, deciding that they're not going to overpay um, to get somebody who's kind of the number one defenseman. Um, that they would rather you know find their um, improve their value elsewhere and and you know make the best possible defense you can. But if if it means um, you know, like in, in specifically in the case of the Leafs, if it means you know load up up front and and you know hope that that overcomes your weaknesses on the blue line, I think that's kind of what they're what they're trying. And you know if if the time comes that. Um, that there will be a defenseman on the market that maybe uh, at a more reasonable price than then they could pounce. But I, I like when I look at what the, the Leafs are doing, I, I'm I'm not expecting that they would move out one of those young forwards in order to get a defenseman. I, I just I think that they're they're not expecting that they're going to be able to trade for you know that marquee guy you know that you kind of hold out as the the dream scenario. Right, and Scotty, I mentioned before you came on of maybe it's the Pittsburgh model that the Leafs are lining themselves up for, whether that's intentional or not, where when they won the Cup last, it was heavy forward, strong down the middle, great goaltending, Latang was out, 
the yeah. defense was the liability. But if you have enough and you have possession enough and you're driving play, then you can take away the defense as long as you have a strong goalie to, you know, when, when things break down to cover you up. And maybe that's the model that the Leafs should be looking to. Yep. Well, and, and that even ties into, you know, the the Washington uh, Vegas thing is that, you know, when Pittsburgh won the cup, that wasn't a star studded defense either. Yeah. You know, particularly, particularly the, the year that uh, Latang was out. I mean, that, that year it was really, you, know, you, you looked at that defense and, and thought, wow, boy, too, too bad that that's what Pittsburgh left with. There's no way they can win a cup with that defense. And, and sure enough, they did. And, and I think, uh, that that's becoming uh, a possibility for teams, you know, because for say a decade before it became, well, you have to have Duncan Keith and Drew mm-hmm. Doughty and, and Zdeno Chara or one of these guys who plays 27 minutes and in all situations and does everything and, and wins Norris trophies, etc. I think we're finding that, you know, there are other, you know, more than one way to skin a cat, uh, as they say, you know, that you, you might be able to, create yourself a Stanley Cup contender without having that uh, workhorse number one defenseman. And, and, you know, Toronto, I don't think you you design yourself uh, to to be in that position, but I think when you find yourself in that position, um, you almost have to embrace it and and just go and make the best team you can. And, you know, if it turns out that one of the young defensemen you've drafted can develop into one of those guys, terrific. But I I think the, the idea that you're going to go in the trade market and and secure the services of this, you know, 25 year old um, defenseman who's who's you know going to win Norris trophies. I, I just don't see that happening. Right, and yeah, with the Leafs going after John Tavares, that situation presented itself. They got him, and so now you build around your strength. Like mm-hmm. now you're so deep down the middle, right? You got uh, Tavares, Matthews, and Kadri. You have. Freddie Anderson, and if they go with Garrett Sparks as the backup coming off of AHL goalie of the year, and you, you take some workload off Freddie, like this is le- you can you can add maybe some more boring, steady back end pieces, Scotty, and be okay still. Absolutely, and then like if, if, kind of building on your point there about what Pittsburgh's defense is like when you saw the the Penguins. Uh, filling in their defense, it, it wasn't as though people were, oh wow, <laughs> they got Brian Zabulin, <laughs> and and you know, and only Mata was a first round pick, but not a, a spectacular type of first round pick, you know. And Justin Schultz had, had well worn out his welcome in Edmonton, um, but then you know he played a really crucial role when when Latang was out, and so th- that is in many ways that you see teams um, if they're looking to get value on the blue line, you find somebody um, that maybe is undervalued on another team. And now this is, you know, you can search around the league and I'm sure, you know, the, the Maple Leafs having, uh, you know, an actual analytics team, they, they probably have a whole list of guys that they think are being underutilized around the league. Um, and maybe that's how, how you can acquire uh, a defensive upgrade. But I don't think that's, you know, that's not you getting a Norris Trophy caliber guy. It's you getting, you know, maybe a guy who fits in your top four that isn't playing in the top four somewhere else. And, uh, and, and if you're going to do that, you know, you don't give up one of the, the core young pieces. You, you find some of your other assets to, uh, to move if you're going to find somebody who's a, a little bit undervalued that might be able to play a bigger role for you. And I, I think that's, that would be a more likely scenario for uh, Toronto, just given um, that that happens more often around the league that, 
one team kind of sours on a defenseman and other teams start to look and go, oh, well, maybe, maybe it's maybe. not so bad. Maybe, maybe he could work for us. And, and so, like, as you say, Pittsburgh, they're a team that has had some success with that. And uh, certainly Schultz has uh, rebounded there. And, and even Jamie Alexiak, when they picked him up last year from Dallas, like he was he was fading fast in Dallas. Like, it looked like he was going to wash out. But um, became a, a serviceable third-pairing guy for the Penguins. So that might be the kind of thing that uh, Toronto can do is that you, know, you, you nibble around the edges a little bit and up, upgrade what you can. In conversation with Scott Cullen from TSN.ca on Twitter at TSN Scott Cullen. Okay, Scotty, let's get into some some rankings. We're about what mm-hmm. three weeks away from training camp, so we can. <laughs> it's August twenty second. Let's go. We're we're hot with Leafs talk here. When we look at it, let, let's begin maybe in the Atlantic here because as much of of how the Leafs on paper have improved, you get Tavares. Tampa Bay is not. Fooling around, like, no, they are not. Oh, where where do you put Tampa Bay overall, and then kind of match up where where the Leafs are, um, either equal or, or beneath them? Well, th- th- these will not go down as official rankings at the moment. No, but not, not at all. But we are. Uh, <laughs> I think my ballpark is, is that you would have Nashville, Tampa Bay, Winnipeg are probably the top three, uh, and then you have. Uh, I think some combination, like I, I have Toronto probably in the top six. Um, and, and I don't know yet whether I, I think they're better than Boston or not. Um, you know, Boston, I, I, I felt like Boston was clearly a better team last year, uh, but I don't necessarily know if that kind of holds. You know, once you add Tavares to the, to the Leafs roster and, and the Bruins lost a few uh, decent supporting pieces uh, in the off season and, uh, you know, as I say, these aren't officials, but my my hunch would be that I I might give the Leafs a slight edge over Boston. And it, this is you know your point about the Atlantic Division, like that's a gauntlet to get out of there, and and really just at the top, you know, like <laughs> the rest of the division is a mess. You know, there are a lot of bad teams there, but those three teams, Tampa Bay, Boston, and Toronto, um, that's a slugfest uh, to get out of there, and and I think that's you know. That's the the life for the Maple Leafs. Is you can look at them and say, "Wow, they, they should be a cup contender." And sure, they should be. They also might get bounced in the first round because wow. they still have to play either Tampa Bay or Boston. And and like that would be massively disappointing. But you know, if you're going to win a cup, you're going to have to go and beat one of those teams to to do it. And you have to beat them early. And I'm wondering then, Scotty, if the goal has to be for the Maple Leafs to, and not that it wouldn't be normally, but to to try to avoid that at least in the first round. You might have to go out and win the whole damn thing, win the Atlantic. Yep. Easier said than done. Tampa Bay's coming off a 113-point season, but I'm not saying it's going to be easy. And didn't do anything to get worse. No, right? not like, at all. They have a 113-point season, and, and you know they don't have any significant losses on their team. Oof. So that's, uh, that, that's a tall order, but I think you're, you're right. That's exactly uh, the, the strategy I think you have to employ is that you would feel much better uh, finishing first to get either you know a fifth place team from the metro or um, if if somebody jumps up in the Atlantic to be a, the fourth team that makes it there, um, you would feel much better about your chances doing that than having to deal with uh, Tampa Bay or Boston. Now, I mean, who knows what what teams look like by the end of the season? But you know, as we're looking at it now, uh, you still have to see Tampa Bay and Boston as being a really hard uh, matchup um, to get. You know, for the Maple Leafs to get through, and this is for a Maple Leafs team that is, as much promise as they have, and as uh, as much as they ha- have the right to have expectations. You know, it's been a long time since they've won playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, 
you know, to go and do that against teams like Boston and Tampa Bay that um, are both really great regular season teams, but have have had some playoff success recently. Well, you know, that that's a tall order. Oh, sure, and it would look a lot better, as you said, rather than to play Tampa Bay or Boston in the first round for the Maple Leafs. You look at the wildcard teams, Columbus, New Jersey, Florida knocking on the doorstep. Mm-hmm. That's not to say it's not going to be tricky, but that is a, 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 that's a whole lot less uh, a daunting uh, a look than taking on one of those two teams. Absolutely. That sounds much more achievable, yes. doesn't it? Like, I can do that. Hey, can you handle Florida in the first round? Yes, yes please. please. <laughs> no offense to the Panthers. No. Yeah, please, give me, give me a shot at the Panthers before, before I have to deal with the Lightning, I think would be the, uh, the objective. So, and, and as you say, it's not as though that hasn't been the objective all along, but yeah. I think when, when you are um, kind of on the way up the way the Maple Leafs are, uh, you kind of reach a point where the expectations you know, get fairly high and maybe even ahead of where your performance has been. And I think that's kind of where Toronto is. The expectations are like, yes, this is a team that has to, you know, try and win the division on, on the way to try and compete for a Stanley cup. And, and, you know, when we're saying that about a team that just hasn't had uh, playoff success with this, this group of players. And, and so um, kind of whenever it does happen, it'll be, you know, essentially for the first time uh, and hopefully for the, the first time of, of many, I, I would presume. In conversation with Scott Cullen from TSN.ca. Writes all sports rankings, fantasy, but we're talking hockey right now. Uh, So, Scotty, where do we put the defending Stanley Cup champ, the Washington Capitals, won the Metro 105 points, and and compared to the teams we just talked about, regular season point-wise, came underneath Tampa Bay and Boston. Mm -hmm. Where do we look at the Capitals as defending champs? Well, I think this is strange because a lot of times the defending champ you think is usually well suited to to win but you know they were the defending champs who who kind of had an upset win for the Stanley Cup you know yeah. they didn't they didn't kind of powerhouse their way in the in you know, I mean the previous two seasons really looked like a team that that should have been a cup contender and then the last year's roster you know, it was decidedly worse. I mean, I, you couldn't objectively look at last year's team compared to the year before and, and say that they were better. They they just weren't. Uh, but you know, sometimes matchups fall in your favor and uh, you get a few breaks. I mean, look at when they, when they were down two games to none uh, against Columbus. Nobody was talking about how Washington was destined to win the Stanley no. Cup. <laughs> it, it, it was you know they needed an overtime goal in Game Three to just keep keep hope alive. Uh, and and so that all turned around, obviously. But you know my kind of takeaway is is that I don't think Washington is you know a powerhouse team going into next season it's not as though they um they're not in position to make a a bunch of upgrades because you know they're jammed up against the cap and um it, you know their hope I think has to be that guys like Burakovsky and Vrana uh, who have played kind of supporting roles that maybe they could take a step forward uh, and give them a little bit more but to me that like Washington is probably you know, top 8 or 9 team which you know, so, sounds you know pretty damning for the defending Stanley Cup champions, but I think that's kind of where they are right now. And last one for you here, Scotty. Vegas. Talk about what people did not <laughs> see coming. Uh, no <laughs> a year ago, Vegas, of course, took the world by storm. They were the darling storyline. 109 points, won the Pacific. This team is screaming to regress this year. <laughs> they are. And, 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 you know, everybody who is going to, you know, knock them down in, in terms of preseason rankings and, and, and projections and so on is going to get you know accused of raining on their parade yeah. and thinking they're a fluke and, it, and it's not so much that you know the whole team is a fluke but there are some you know very important players that have, like a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury who's you know 34 years old and um, 
probably just had the best season of his career. Uh, expecting that, oh, well, he'll, he'll just have another best season of his career at this <laughs> age is probably not uh, a realistic hope, uh, you know. And, and William Carlson, who scored 43 goals and almost in an unprecedented fashion, you know, going from a guy who uh, scored nine goals and six goals uh, the previous couple of years to, to suddenly scoring 43, well, you know, it, it's fair to think that he's not going to shoot 23% next year, and, and so you're going to lose some goals there. So, like, <laughs> if everything else went the same for Vegas and you just knocked away, um, you know, the goaltending that you're likely to lose uh, some effect from Flurry, and if Carlson, you know, loses 15 goals because the shooting percentage comes down, like, that's, that'll be a big difference for the team sure. already. You know, and then, you know, they lost a few guys, James Neal and, and David Perron left in free agency. So, like, I, I, I still think they're a playoff team. I mean, I don't think we can just no sink them them way down. But at the same time, like, I, I wouldn't come into the season. Oh, yeah, they, you know, they were in the Cup final, so they're definitely in the in the top two or top four for next season. I, I just don't see that. I, you know, they're probably a, a top dozen type team for me. And, and health wise, too, like they were a healthy team, and that's something you mm-hmm. can't really predict, right? But just the. Law of averages, we, we see it every year, right? It, it, as, as healthy as they were, you could see it go the other way. Or even, as you said, if, you, if shooting percentage comes down or a player X gets injured for this amount of games, like there's just yeah. so much lined up. It's going to be tough for an encore because they came out of the gate as hot as you could. Yeah, well, and think of, of you know, how crucial some of their individual players are. Like that, their, their top line there. Uh, say Jonathan Marcheseau misses a bunch of time, or you know, I mean Carlson misses a bunch of time. Uh, you know, if, if one of those guys uh, is out, I think that's really hard to, for them to make up. Like I think they they did a nice job um, last year in terms of depth, and, and when they added Paul Stastny from Winnipeg, that's going to help mm-hmm. in terms of depth, um, uh, so that they have you know uh, a solid contribution from your, from your second and third lines. But you know, if you're mis- missing one of the you know key uh, contributors, like I, I could see that being a real problem because, as you say, last year they were really healthy, and and I think some of that may have to do with like the age. They had a lot of guys who were kind of in their, you know, prime years, mid twenties, um, and and that you know probably is a good time for for guys to be healthy. And while you say you can't predict injuries, the one thing you would say is, look, if a team is older, they're more likely to have injuries that cause problems. But in, in the case of uh, Vegas, I mean, what if that that falls on Marc-Andre Fleury. You know, the, the one guy who is um, older on that roster is also the one guy that they really can't afford to lose for uh, a significant amount of time. No, like they, they did lose him for a while last year to a concussion, and, and it felt like they were walking a tightrope. They somehow managed uh, to get decent goaltending while he was out, but I, I wouldn't want to bet my season on it happening again just because you know, most teams don't get down to their fourth-string goaltender and still survive. Absolutely. Uh, Scotty, great stuff as always talking hockey on August 22nd. Hey, the real thing will be here before we know it. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Scott Cullen from TSN.ca. And Scotty, he does such a great job covering everything. Statistically speaking, Monday to Friday, fantasy rankings, power rankings for CFL, hockey, basketball, NFL. Like just all, Really all you need is just to go to TSN.ca and follow uh, Scotty on Twitter at TSN Scott Cullen. We're going to move to some NFL talk and also get back to our Leafs poll question. A thousand votes already in under 40 minutes of this poll of who to get a top defenseman, who should the Leafs trade? We'll cover that and talk some NFL preseason storylines next on Toronto Today. 
Welcome back to Toronto Today. Andy McNamara with you. TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca. You can vote on our red-hot Twitter poll. Leafs-related, at TSN 1050 Radio, at AndyMC81. Question is, if you were the Leafs GM and had to part ways with a key piece to improve the decor, who would you trade away? This is to get a hypothetical top first-pairing defenseman. Okay? That's what you got to realize. Top-pairing defenseman. And to do that, you have to trade away something good. So who would you deal? Kadri, Nylander, Gardner, or Marner? And this is not necessarily a one-for-one deal. It would be part of a package. We're just saying who'd be kind of the key leaf piece to go back. Over a thousand votes, folks. Wow. Producer Joe Narsa. Producer I love or Joe, I love the <laughs> I love some of the, the tweets. We're getting some great actually interaction. We'll read those polls later, but it's it's like people are saying, Stop voting for this. Uh Jake Gardner though. It's it's really <laughs> Yeah, they're like, Oh you guys are so stupid. Like this is even a conversation. Yeah, Marner would get a good good rally. Yeah. Get a lot up for Marner. Guarantee anyone who's like doing gifts like stop, it's all no leafs talk. Uh no some country. And the best part is some of the guys like are just like, Oh, I don't even think this makes sense and their name is like when is leaf season? Yeah. <laughs> like at is hockey back yet? Why are you guys Always talking Leafs. about this? Yeah. Always Leafs forty two. Realistically, <laughs> the thing is, this is gonna be the conversation the Maple Leafs oh. are gonna have until they win a Stanley Cup. Yes. Until this lineup is successful, every single day when the Maple Leafs lose a game and defensively look bad. Leafs Lunch, Overdrive, Scotty Mac, The Morning Show, we're all going to have the exact same conversation about, well, what do they do to improve this decor? Because nobody is going to allow a star defenseman to hit free agency. Drew Doughty was demanding, was saying he was going to set the bar for defensemen. Somehow LA found a way to make it work. Yeah. Eric Carlson is seemingly on his way out of Ottawa every week, and he's going to be a huge value, but he's not going to get to free agency. Exactly. That's what you have to realize. So at some point, this team is going to have to, if they don't win a championship the way they currently are built, they're going to have to find a way to move a player to improve. And we've seen teams do this. We've seen Chicago have lost players to make sure that they're still competitive. The Pittsburgh Penguins had to get rid of Jordan Stahl. After a while, had to get rid of Marion Hossa. And after a while, they had to make moves to help improve that team. And sometimes there's an addition by subtracting from a place where you're overwhelmed with talent. It's kind of like the Raptors just did with DeMar DeRozan. They felt that core was not good enough. They thought, you know what? We've gone to a point we're good, but we don't feel we can win a championship with this full core. So they traded DeMar DeRozan, brought in Kawhi Leonard. For the Maple Leafs, they added John Tavares. Now, we're going to have this year, and then you look maybe next year, but at some point, if that core does not produce the desired results, then you're going to have to do something else. And I listen, I, I'm of the belief that I think the Leafs can follow that Penguins model of not needing an elite defenseman. You can have several good defensemen, as long as Freddie Anderson, and let's say Sparks is backup, are excellent. Like you have, Those two have to be playing at an upper echelon level. They got to be near lights out because this model doesn't work with average goaltending. Doesn't work. Then you get into shootouts. Then you get into problems that way. So there's uh, uh, Rob on Twitter saying uh, maybe Carlson from Ottawa as far as a, a trade for a top guy. I don't know. It's like Ottawa's not going to trade him to Toronto. 
Hey, Joe? Like, it'd be a nice thought, but he's not. They're not going to do that. That would. It, you be just a don't see. You don't see those types of moves being made. Like, the Leafs and the Montreal Canes have made trades in the last, like, you know, two decades, but yeah. they've always been minor deals, nothing crazy, like Grabowski re- reacquiring Doug Gilmore. But this isn't trading. Arguably the franchise's most talented player. To your most hated rival. Who is honestly like the chip on the center's shoulder. The Maple Leafs are the team that has their number. They're their, you know, proverbial bigger brother in the same province. It it doesn't seem like that would ever happen. I mean, Travis Yost was saying it's a match made in heaven. Yeah. But I just think that heaven doesn't exist. I If they made that deal and the Leafs won the cup... Whoever was in the front office at that time gone immediately, like, and they better leave in the middle of the night because Sens fans would be coming with pitchforks and torches. Well, it was, I believe, it was the owner of uh, the Montreal Canadiens after he signed the contract for PK Subban said he actually had a dream that he thought he's like Subban won the Stanley Cup with the Maple Leafs because he signed there as like a free agent, and he was yeah. like, "Nope, we got to sign this guy. I can't let that happen." Yeah. And and that's something that people forget that is a real factor. Like sometimes logic doesn't win out because there are rivalries. There are there's emotion. Yeah, there's there's kind of honor between the you know the two combatants. They don't believe that they want to help each other out, even if it helps themselves. And I don't see that. Like I don't see that being an option. And the Leafs, Carlson, unless he somehow gets free agency and somehow the Maple Leafs can find thirteen million dollars or ten million dollars to sign yeah. him. I don't think that's an option. Yeah. We got a tweet in from Leafs Fanatic. Just again, but now he's he's a positive one. But that's that's why I love to be like super duper Leaf fan four nine eight. Uh, this poll sucks. A Nylander. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hypocrites. You love it and you know it. I'm gonna shove Leaf talk down your throat and you're gonna enjoy it. Leafs Fanatic says on Twitter, agree. That's the only thing that scares me is a knee jerk reaction. Uh, not that Dubis and Shanahan would, but I rather it takes another year or two and they win cups and make a hasty decision and win one and don't repeat. Think of that tweet. Think of that and think of the mindset going back three years. If you went back three years and you were tanking, you were you were bottoming out, and someone said uh, you can win one cup and then suck. For the next five years. You'd be like, I will take that today. Thank you. But now, the team has improved, Joe. Adding Tavares, you're in the mindset of now it's not just good enough to make the playoffs. That's not good enough anymore. It's now you want to advance. Now you want to win not just a cup, multiple cups. I love that. That Leafs, Leafs Nation, the fan base, the mindset is starting to change to possible multiple wins rather than just like, can I please just, just be close to a playoff berth? See, I still love the... Of the mindset that a star or a team's success is garnered on one championship. I think that's all that you should define out of an organization once you put together a core. Yeah. Because anything more than that is ridiculous. It's gravy, yeah. especially in the world of parity that oh, you have in the NHL. So much has to go right. Injuries. If you get yeah, if you get one, and that's why when you see remarkable recent runs like Chicago, LA, for example, it, like it's like wow. Yeah, and here's the thing: if the Maple Leafs are able to make a big splash to acquire a defenseman. And, okay, so, you know, William Nylander, say, gets traded. Or, you know, Mitch Marner, say, gets traded. I, I don't believe that will happen. But say let's say for yeah, this case of argument. Sure. And they win a Stanley Cup. Who cares? Craig Button talks about it all the time. He goes, they traded uh, Jerome McGinley and acquired Joe Newendike. He goes, they acquired Joe Newendike. They won a Stanley Cup. Joe McGinley is a legendary player for the Calgary Flames. Yeah. He goes, both teams won that trade. He goes, do we have Joe Newendike for 15 years? No. 
He goes, but do we win a Stanley Cup with Joe Newendike? Yes. And that's all that matters? Like, the fan and base, that's yeah. the point. The are are they going to say, like, oh, oh, but uh, we're, we're having a Stanley Cup parade, but oh, you traded Neelan, man. Yeah. I really liked him. So, to me, <sighs> the, since the last time the Maple Leafs won the Stanley Cup, we're at 50-plus years. You give me one Stanley Cup, you get 50 years. Figure yeah, 50, it out. Go. Yeah. Just figure it out <laughs> get, from there. Get sorted. So yeah. I, it's an interesting it's just an interesting conversation that Maple Leaf fans are they got to be careful that they don't get back into the trend of falling in love with every player on the roster. Yeah. When it comes down to it, having a connection to a player is fine, all well and good, but sports is about winning games. And winning games has nothing to do with emotion. Winning titles. You have to that's why again I'll go back to the Raptors. Masai Ujiri. That was a calculated business decision. If you were just going, boy, I like seeing Damar and Kyle up at the podium joking around and, and finishing each other's sentence, isn't that cool? But oh yeah, we can't win or, or advance in the playoffs, um, then all right, well, then you have a, a loser mentality. Masai Ujiri does not. This guy's saying, I want to get better. I'm going to gamble, and it's a huge one, to try to get to the finals. That's a winner mentality. And for the Leafs, we're going to have to see this year play out, see how everybody kind of gels, and and then into next year, what moves need to be made. And that's where that's where the big question mark comes, Joe. How, after this year, if that defense is a liability, and if the goaltending isn't as good as expected, then you can go and try to make those tweaks. But for this year, I think they're showing pretty clearly... We're going strong down the middle center. We're going to be run and gun, lots of scoring, and we're going to hope our defense is good enough to protect very good goaltending. And I think when you look at the Maple Leafs, there's the people in charge there are a lot smarter than us and are looking at this glaring weakness. Well, speak and, for yourself, Joe. Well, okay, they're a lot smarter than you. <laughs> oh, but wow. they're looking at this glaring weakness on defense. They know that that's something that they need to adjust and it's something that they need to get to and fix. I think Maple Leaf fans should be more ready than they are for a move to happen that will cause the Maple Leafs to make a trade to get better on the back end because you don't make a splash like signing a player like John Tavares for $11 million a year and tiptoe into a season with a weakness because this team is primed and ready to go and now they have their goalie, they have their superstar, they have their core. All they need is a defense and once they have that, that's it. They're set. Yeah. Oh, one more tweet before we break. At Guardian Thor. What a dominant Twitter name. He says, All you Leaf fans are dreaming if you think a team would, uh, wouldn't would ask for Marner for a top D. That's what any team in their right mind would ask for. That's the cost for a top D man. Look what New Jersey got for a second-rate D man. Voted for Gardner. Voted for Gardner. But you know what he's saying, though, Joe, is, is to our point. you got to give up something good. You're going to give up something you don't want to give to hopefully overall improve this team. We're going to keep up with this conversation later on in the show. 1220, Adam Rank from NFL Network, one of the top fantasy football analysts in the business. Adam's going to join us then. You can tweet me your fantasy football questions for him at AndyMC81. We're going to talk some NFL after the break right here on TSN 1050.